Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave review so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use the promo code tsus to receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. right now between Bruin Nation and John Edward in the comments I have literally no clue I'll try to catch up the best I can either way let's get into it let's see Todd Smith said I'm ready for some football indeed my guy 
I hear you. Many are. Hey, that being said, let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Robbie Davis, Zach's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Because my nephew's watching a movie downstairs. Can you hear me? Okay? I can hear you perfectly clear, my man. What's going on? Um, okay, first things first, I think, because you were talking earlier on in the show about who, about, I think, what, if I remember correctly, what coaches have more to prove. And in my opinion, I think Dow Loggins has more to prove than any of our other coaches that we have because like I've always like I've always said it's different in the NFL and college it's much different it's the same game but it's played differently does that make sense indeed yes same I, I mean I'd agree with you it's definitely a transition college ball is a completely different beast than um you know the NFL so yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's definitely pressure on Dowell Loggins. I'll tell you this, Robbie, when I asked that question, you're not wrong. I was asking it from the standpoint of position coaches. So, like, wide receiver coach, O-line coach, mm-hmm. D-line coach, running back coach. Um, I mean, obviously, Dowell Loggins um, has got a lot of pressure. He He's your offensive coordinator. Um, yeah. But from the position coach side of things, you know, I think there's some interesting conversations there. I, I think a lot of, you know, the attention goes immediately to a guy like Montario Hardesty and you know, what he's done or has not yeah. done at the running back coach position. I was honestly – I was literally just thinking that. I was surprised he was retained, to be honest with you. I was uh, very, yeah. very surprised he was retained. So, um, But, you know, there's others, I think, that have pressure as well. So, it'll be really interesting to see. But certainly Dowell Loggins, yeah. man. You're go- we're we're going to talk a lot of Dowell Loggins before we get into the season for sure. Right. Obviously, the position coaches have pressure on them. Mm-hmm. But I was just saying, like, as a whole, he's got probably the most pressure on him more than anything. Yeah, no, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you were if you were yeah. ranking who has the most pressure on them, um, you know, on the coaching staff, I, I would definitely go – I would definitely go Dabble Loggins. You know, what's a fun conversation to have that we don't have a ton – and I think it's just truly because when he came in, the defense was so abysmal that the only way you could mm-hmm. go is up, and they certainly have gone up. But I'd ask you this. Is there a level of pressure on Clayton White this year for the defense to take a step forward, for the rush defense to improve? In my opinion? Yeah, go ahead. In my opinion, in my opinion, yes, there is some pressure on Clayton White because – we lost a lot of key pieces from last year's defense. So, and they were pretty darn good football players. So, yes, I would absolutely say wholeheartedly that that Clayton White has got to uh, turn up the heat in the kitchen, per se. Yeah, find I mean, out who really wants to be. Find out who really wants to be on that defense and prove a point that even though we lost some key pieces, that we're not going anywhere. We're going to be physical. We're going to hit you, and whenever we hit you, you're going to know it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just think improving statistically across the board. You know, again, I, I think Clayton White, he's done a really good mm-hmm. job with what was left in his first two seasons. Um, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I think the big thing we all point to, obviously, look back at is is the rushing defense. Um, you know, it's – it's Yeah. You know, I, I think they've done a great job of developing specific talents. I mean, like, the, the, the job that Torian Gray has done has been – Incredible, but uh, you know, out yeah. of out of your defensive front, your defensive line, linebackers, and defensive backs, I mean, I'd say two of those three position units have been less than stellar over the first two years of the Beamer I think era. Out so. of, as a whole, as a whole, out of the whole defense, the the two the two places that have not been stellar is defensive line and linebacker. Yes, I, I mean I would agree. I mean if again, you give, get, you we, give up you give up 198 get, yards per game rushing last year. I mean, that, that, yeah, those two position units were mm-hmm. not great. That's for sure. Yeah, we need to get to the point, and it, it's going to take a minute with um, with um, Robinson at the helm of the defensive line. Okay, mm-hmm. but like I've said, he's been there before. He knows what it takes to be a top tier defensive lineman in the SEC. And one of the things that drives me up a wall, even watching the NFL is it's pretty it's pretty sad whenever your leading tacklers mm-hmm. are your corners and safeties. Your leading tacklers need to be your linebackers and your defensive linemen. Your your safeties and corners are your last resort. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean I, you know I I, I will say ten, yeah. 9 times out of 10 your leading tacklers need to be your defensive linemen or your linebackers. It's sad whenever your leading tacklers are your corners or, or one of your corners or one of your safeties. I mean I, that's the sign yeah. of not having a very good defense. Yeah. I mean it, it, of not having a very good defensive front for sure. I mean I I will say this the yeah. thing the thing that gives me the most hope is that I feel like, as crazy mm-hmm. as it sounds, that Shane Beamer is recruiting. I mean, there's a reason he's making it a point of emphasis to recruit the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we've seen that level of commitment yeah. to mm-hmm. recruiting the line of scrimmage since the late great Brad Lawing was in Columbia, and since since Steve Spurrier and the best yeah. teams in South Carolina history were being built um, because they believe in the same thing as evidenced by the guys that they brought in. So. Um, I think that level of commitment is there to bring in those guys because it's still a line of scrimmage league. Obviously, you, you've you know you got to be able to block, you got to be able to tackle, but you've also got to be able to push the other guy around. And if you don't have those guys up front, you just get yeah. exposed. And and I really truly believe, and I'll stand by this, that mm-hmm. the reason for you know people wonder why Carolina is so inconsistent in the football field. Well, I think when you have issues up front. That's when you find those inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when – because there's going to be matchups every year right. that just don't favor you. Like, you're going to get into games where they're just bad mm-hmm. matchups, right? And so you can't get the most out of yeah. your quarterback, your skill position guys, your your fantastic DBs, what have you, if you're weak where it matters most, which is the trenches. And I think that's why you've seen the inconsistencies from mm-hmm. South Carolina over the years. But I will say I do feel confident that Shane Beamer – um, you know, has made it a priority and is doing everything he can to fix that for the future. Right. And last thing, then I'll get off of here. And like I said, with the whole NFL and college thing, right? Whenever you're in the NFL, you're playing against somebody who is just as good as you, right? They ain't, they ain't, they, they're not no scrub. 
whenever you're playing in college, you're going to play against teams that have some players that are better than you. And you're going to play against somebody who's not as good as you. So that's where there's a major difference between college and pro mm-hmm. football. Indeed. Yes, the competition level so, most certainly rises. Robbie, you are correct. But I'm going to do like I've always done ever since Beamer got here, just sit back and let him build because he, he, he knows what he's doing. He may only be in his third year as a head coach, but I but he knows what the heck he's doing and he, and he knows what it takes to build a winning program. So I'll just I'll just sit back and relax and win, lose, or draw. I'll enjoy every second that I'm at Willie B this season. It's gonna be a fun one, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun indeed. Robbie, I appreciate the call as always, my friend. It's great to hear from you and uh looking forward to chatting with you this week. For sure, man. Have a good one and stay dry because it was raining over here pretty good. I got my 10,000 steps in before the rain came. So I love that. I love that, Robbie. Committed to it. I love it. So, so uh, yeah, you have a great rest of your uh, week. And uh, as always, leave the dumb stuff to me. Will do, Robbie. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk soon. For sure. Yeah, right. man. Have Take a care. Nine minutes and 23 seconds, Robbie Davis. I, I will say, though, Austin Gregory, he did go that long, but I blame myself some for that because I, I I was actually enjoying having that conversation over and over and over and back and forth, if you will. So, um, you know, some of it was my fault, but no doubt. Um, yeah, no doubt. 917 on the call. Yeah, Austin Gregory says. All right, let's get into your questions from YouTube. There is a good number of them. And, again, I appreciate you guys flooding the YouTube chat Austin Gregory back to the pitching coach side of things it's not often you lose a coach and instantly replace him with a guy not just some guy but a guy indeed yeah I mean everything we've heard about Matt Williams is positive for sure Austin Gregory ball club will go through some shakeup but who's to say the shakeup can't result in a perfect mixture of ingredients for next year I personally believe the grass is just getting watered I mean, Austin, I, I I don't think you're incorrect. I just think some people, there's still a a. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You bring up a great point, Austin. I, I like you know how in politics, and I'm certainly not taking this conversation on a political road, but you know how in politics they have like the approval ratings of whoever's in office. What would you say at this point the approval rating is for Mark Kingston? Because it's not a hundred percent. Obviously, I mean, granted, it never is for any coach. Would you say it's 70-30? Is it 60-40? Is it 75-25? Is it it 50-50? Right? Positive to negative, I mean, of course. God, is it 60-40 negative to positive? Like, what would you say it is? I I just, I don't know. I still kind of feel like people are just, there's gray area there. You know what I mean? Which is crazy to think about. Because I didn't think there would be gray area, at least for me, about what got him back to Columbia in 2024. But in regards to, like, I guess just the overall status, the standing, the the future of the baseball program, what is the approval rating for Kingston and the feelings overall? So, uh, Bruin Nation, late to the party, love the hire. Appreciate you, Bruin Nation, Austin, Gregory, guys and gals who aren't in the BCC. Miss out more and you'll ever know. I can't believe I didn't join sooner. Totally different experience. Austin Gregory, you're the man. I appreciate it, dude. Pre- appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, here we go. John Everett said, heard what you said Friday about me, Bruin Nation. 
What did what did he say, John Edward? Ethan says, I'm sorry, but it's time for Ray Tanner to go. Too much tiptoeing around him because of his legacy. For the best interest of the program, they need to remove all bias out of the equation. I mean, Ethan, listen, I'll say this. There's a reason I have not gone on any sort of fire Ray Tanner tirade because I love Ray for what he did on the on the diamond. I, I, I selfishly, I have bias, and I love Ray Tanner for what he did with the Yardcocks. That being said, is he a great athletics director? Not really. And I'll say this, though. You know what's tough? The only thing we have to judge off of is hirings and firings. That's it. Because there's a lot that goes into what an AD does that we just don't see, guys, or we don't even really know about. Like, So you're, you're, you're judged as an AD off of your hirings and your firings, right? Your, your hits, your, your swings, and either your hits or your misses in hiring and firing. And, and for Ray Tanner, it's been very much so a mixed bag. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, I don't have a problem with Ray Tanner. I, I, I really don't. I think a lot of people for, lo- I think for a lot of people, man, it's low-hanging fruit when things don't go well to blame Ray Tanner. Um, so, I you know, I, I'll just say this, though. I think it'll be wise for Carolina the next go around whenever he finally decides to step down to get somebody who has been an AD before and understands the business side of it, is willing to fundraise, things of that nature. I'll just say that. So no more lifetime achievement awards for the AD. And it'll be kind of sad the day that he retires because the celebrate, you're going to feel a tremble in the ground. That'll be the celebration coming from Columbia of those who are literally celebrating his departure as the athletic director. And that, and that's just the reality. Whether you like that, dislike that, I think that's just the truth. I think a lot of people are just not thrilled with the job he's done. So, anyways. Lynn Turner says, Ray has done so much for our facilities. I mean, you're right. I mean, listen, that, that's the thing. It's not like he's done all a bad job. I, I, and that's why, again, I don't sit here and I don't, you know, just harp on fire Ray Tanner, fire Ray Tanner. Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have that energy. I think Ray Tanner gets a lot of blame for stuff that he doesn't really have that much control over, to be honest with you. Everybody needs, a, everybody needs somebody to blame. Everybody needs a scapegoat, if you will, right? So, I mean, I don't know. How much, how much of what happens that goes wrong is really... Ray Tanner's fault. I mean, I, I think the number one thing that he did, he screwed up, is the is the must champ stuff and the buyout and, I mean, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Austin Gregory says seventy thirty nails it. Seventy percent content, thirty percent ready to move on. Austin Hicks, there is no update on the UAB guy. No, no update. Ruin Nation said Mark Kingston is up from 22%. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, John Edward, remember what I talked about with you, John Edward? Remember what I told you? There is no need to get into get into tiffs, get into tussles, get into ridiculous, senseless back and forths. Just relax, John Edward. Take a deep breath and relax. So, 
Um, let's see. Getting back into your questions. Yeah, guys, there is rumor that uh, there could be still – I think there's definitely still going to be some movements in the transfer portal for South Carolina, both in and out. Both in and out. By the way, guys, again, if you're not watching the College World Series, you are missing a lot of good baseball. I will say that. Um, you're missing a lot of good baseball. So, it looks like Stanford – Stanford just gunned somebody out at the plate? Let's see. Wow, sure did. Sure did. To end the first inning, double play. Gunning somebody out at the plate. How about that? Anyways, guys, 84-3790-337-7. That's 84-3790-337. So, Jeff Gullett says, how many more days into the players report to summer workouts and camp? Jeff, we got a while to go, my guy. God, I mean, that, what you're talking about, Jeff, that doesn't happen till. I mean, the players don't report officially until end of July. Like, that. that's, there's quite a while. They only report, Jeff, like two days before fall camp starts. And fall camp, probably, I mean, I, I don't know. Do they report for summer workouts? I don't know. But if you're talking about fall camp, I mean, they, they don't report for fall camp till like August 1st, basically. So, they're definitely going through summer workouts. The strength and conditioning staff is getting their time in with them. But uh, I don't have like the official dates or anything. But, I mean, yeah, Jeff, the outside of recruiting – there's not going to be a lot to report on the on the football side of things for the next couple of weeks. I mean, there's really not. I mean, we're going to do everything we can on this side. We're going to do everything we can on this side to, you know, keep the conversation rolling football. And, of course, guys, in a couple of weeks, we're literally getting into our preseason content. I'd really just say over the next two weeks leading up to July 4th, you know, we're going to do our SEC team previews, and we're still rolling with the top five series. We'll conclude that this week, actually. But, uh, yeah, players don't report for quite a while. But everybody's going through off-season workouts, man. I think maybe in July they are on campus for the, the off-season workout stuff with Luke Day. I, I could be wrong. Again, I don't have the exact dates, but that would make sense. Uh, Austin Hicks says, I know you've talked about this before, but are you going to be at the home football games this year? And the, the answer, Austin Hicks, is no. I will not be at the home football games. Uh, again, we are committed to the content we are creating. We will have folks on hand at those games selling merchandise, towels, T-shirts, hats, whatever. Um, you know, spreading the good word of TSUS again, selling the merchandise, stuff like that. But uh, you know, I, I just, I mean, you never know. Could I, could I slide down to a game potentially? But Austin, right now, the plan is to we're going to be doing a post-game call-in show after every single game, and I'm talking like ten minutes following the conclusion of the game. That's something I want to do. That's something that I know is a needle mover for content. That's something that I expect the numbers to be absolutely outrageous, be crazy. And it's something I've pondered for a while, and it's something I want to do. Also, Austin, again, I, I just can't continue to stress the advantage being in the studio, making content versus being at the game. Like, literally, I can point you to, I can point you to last year. I was at the Georgia State game, week one. And I could not even upload a halftime update video. 
because the service in Willie B was so bad that I was unable to upload it. And even when I had decent enough service, right, decent enough service to upload anything, I had to keep it like 10 to 15 seconds because if it was any longer, literally it was too big of a file to upload. So I'm excited also, man, to sit back and watch the other SEC games, watch other college football, and, uh, you know, again, be able to be more active in regards to content on game day. Because last year, again, Austin, as fun as it was, really the entire purpose of game day for me last year, and it was so great meeting you all, but again, that's why we have the Carolina Alehouse Tour, and I know my guy Dave Garrick actually reached out. We do not have those dates ready yet. I promise you once they are, you will know. Everyone will know immediately. But, uh, you know, really last year, you know, year one in 2021, the TSUS tailgate served as a big party, right? We were having fun, you know, having a good time, right? Last year, it served more as guys like a like a pop-up shop. I mean, that's really what the tailgate was, right? We were out there flinging merch, selling towels, having a good time, Um but that's really all it was. And so now I have people that are going to be around the tailgates, whether it be in the fairgrounds, it be at Seawells, that have already expressed interest. And, hey, Chris, hey, hook me up with the towels, T-shirts, whatever. Like, they're not employees of TSUS, but they want to lend a helping hand. They want to support TSUS and spread the good word and make sure the merchandise gets out there to the masses. And so that part's taken care of. And so I, I, I say this. Sort of tongue-in-cheek, but for me as a content creator, my number one goal and objection on game day to be produce the content to the highest level possible, there is truly no point in me being in the stadium at Williams-Brice Stadium. There's just no point, dude. There's no point, you know what I mean? So, again, I want to do the post-game call-in show. I want to be able to cover the game in-game. I want to be able to upload like my halftime update, post-game update with no problem. And so, again, for all of the reasons that I just mentioned, no, I will not be at the football games this season. As of right now, these plans could change. These plans could absolutely change. But uh, right now, the plan is to stay back behind, um, not because of any reasons other than I'm committed to creating the content at the highest level, and it's something I want to do. And, you know, this was something when I moved out of Columbia, guys, like I knew. You know what I mean? Last year, I went to all the games. But, uh, and you know what, if it's a game like, maybe Tennessee last year or Clemson, like what, like this could always change, right? But I mean, guys, even like, honestly, even like getting in stadium pictures and videos and like, I have people that send me those on the regular. So it's like, when you think about it and you weigh the pros and the cons, there literally is no benefit to me being in stadium. There's none. There's no benefit for what I do. There's no benefit to me being in stadium. And it we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again. You know, you'll see some of the silly rumors out there, some of the craziness on social media. He's banned from the – he's you know, you'd think I'm banned from the city of Columbia. Next, it'll be I'm banned from the state of South Carolina. Nobody's banned from anywhere. I simply, guys, again, am just making decisions that are in the best interest of business, of content. And, again, I, I don't expect the – you know, I don't expect most to understand that because, again, I'm, I'm – the normal fan is not going to understand – my vantage point, my perspective, and why I'm doing these things, and I'm not the normal fan. So I get it. I understand it. But for me, for content, uh, it makes the most sense. Again, to stick behind. And, uh, yeah. James, can a ban from Somerville, if anything? Yeah, the Carolina Ale House in Somerville. I should be banned from there. I absolutely should. But, again, like I said, things can change, no doubt. But, no, right now the plan is to stay behind. And I'm honestly, guys, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I've been to tons of games at Willie B. That's why I didn't I, – I didn't – like, I honestly loved this past baseball season. I did. Like, I loved the flexibility. I loved being able to, you know, not have to be glued to Founders Park for every game. Like, the point of being an entrepreneur is to get more freedom, is to get more flexibility. Like, what is the point of being an entrepreneur if you feel like you have to be anywhere or you have to do anything? I don't create any of the content I create. I don't go live here. I don't do any of this. Because I feel like I have to. I do it because I enjoy doing it. You know, I love to do it. And I still love going to games, by the way. But if you can't pivot and adjust and evolve and, you know, change up, try different things, like what's the point in being an entrepreneur, right? What's the point in being an entrepreneur? So... I loved the way the baseball season went, guys. I'm excited for football season and to, again, I, the content I know I'm confident in saying is going to elevate to even a greater level while also the merchandise and everything else is going to continue to be at a high level. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited for what's ahead, truly. I mean, I, I think I know for a fact the postgame calling shows are going to go absolutely crazy. They're going to go absolutely crazy. Um, taking you guys immediate questions, comment. They're gonna, they're, it's gonna be unhinged. It's gonna truly be unhinged. Um, I can already see it coming. I mean, it's gonna be unhinged. Anyways, long-winded answer. I do apologize, but again, that's the game plan for the football season, and uh, you know, that's how we're gonna rock. So I'm excited. Again, I I cannot stress enough the the fact that TSUS. As far as I know, we're in pretty good graces and good standing with USC. And if I'm banned from anywhere, USC has not reached out to me. And guys, again, as I mentioned, I don't know what's funnier. The fact the rumor itself was made up or the fact that people think that if I was banned from the University of South Carolina or from from Founders Park or Willie B, like the fact that people think I wouldn't say anything. That, 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 because like, dude, obviously I'm not on USC's payroll I have freedom. I have flexibility. Like, USC puts not a single cent in my pocket. Bro, if anything, and one day the full story will come out, but if anything, USC has done their best to put me out of business than they have to support the Spurs up show in any way. Uh, again, I won't go into details on that. One day, 
we'll have the full conversation. We'll have the full discussion. But I owe nothing to the University of South Carolina. So if USC had dared just because they didn't like the way I talked about a certain coach or this, that, whatever, if they had dared to ban TSUS from the facilities, from the stadium, like, do you actually think, do you actually think I would be silent about it? The answer is hell no. Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Either way, I'm excited for it. I mean, again, last year, I think about it, guys. I mean, I I loved meeting people, selling merch, but I didn't get to watch any of the other games. I didn't get to watch any football games. I'm actually looking forward to having a sick, you know, we'll have the new studio, obviously, the sick studio set up, being able to wake up, just watch college game day, watch football all day, take in the South Carolina game. Oh, by the way, we'll also be watching the games and hanging out and conversating during the games in the Big Cock Club Discord. That's something else I'll be doing, by the way, if I did not mention that. We are focusing and we're putting an emphasis on the Big Cock Club. So we'll be in there literally conversating. If you want, like, my live comments in-game, we'll be in the BCC, which is going to be a ton of fun, by the way. That's going to be a ton of fun. I'll probably tweet less because I'll say, hey, come to the BCC if y'all want to chat, conversate, and get my live thoughts and live reactions, if you will. If not, you can wait till post-game. But that's going to be huge as well. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the post-game call-in show is going to be a ton of fun. So, like I mentioned, again, that's a long-winded answer for it. But uh, as of right now, on this June 19th, that is the game plan going into the 2023 football season. Jeff Gulledge, let's get back into your questions. He said, I heard you talked or earlier talking about the sim games. Are we only doing the season simulation and no road to glory? Jeff, that, that's probably the way we'll go. Um, that's probably the way we'll go, Jeff. The, the road to glory stuff, it was fun, but, you know, the way that I hated, like, the delay on the stream and all that. We'll, we'll probably, Jeff, just stick to the the simulation, the season simulation series. So, if that's okay. But, but Jeff, the good news is this. I'm planning on starting those, I'd say, mid-July. Mid to maybe late, but I'm not going to let that run up to kickoff the way it did last year. I mean, we were literally like two days before kickoff doing a simulation. You know what I mean? So I would like to start those in mid-July, um, maybe right after SEC Media Days, and do the simulation there. So I, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that'd be a lot of fun for sure. Ethan says, Willie B needs a Wi-Fi upgrade to go along with the facilities. Bro, you're not wrong. The service in there is terrible. The service is terrible. Jacob E says, Saturday down south has Texas A&M at 9-3 and three and us at 7-5. and five. Am I missing something? I, did they drop uh, Did they drop predictions? I didn't know that. Let's see. Go over to their Twitter real quick. So my question to you is this. Where are you seeing the record predictions? Because I did not, Jacob, see them on their Twitter. Did I miss that? Did I miss that? Oh, on their website. Let's see. Okay. This this is this is this is uh this is new information for me. I I did not uh Yeah, I don't know. You'll you'll have to you'll have to. Oh, here we go. Okay, so this is from Matt Hayes a day ago. 
Okay, okay, here we go. This is Saturday Down South then. So Matt Hayes of SDS predicted every game, wins, losses, the ceiling, the floor, and the prediction. So he's got Georgia 11-1, 7-1, the loss to Tennessee, but Georgia winning the East. He's got Tennessee in second, 10-2, and 6-2 and two with uh, their losses to Florida and Alabama. He's got Tennessee losing to Florida. Okay. Uh, he's got their ceiling, the college football playoff, their floor eight and four. He's got Georgia's ceiling, the national title, the floor 10 and two, second in the East. Got South Carolina finishing in third in the East, seven and five, four and four in the SEC. Losses to Georgia, Tennessee, A&M, Mizzou, and Clemson. Says the ceiling is nine and three. Gamecocks are just about maxed out unless quarterback Spencer Rattler has a Heisman Trophy worth season. In that scenario, 11 wins isn't out of the question. The floor, four and eight. Rattler plays more like the first two months of 2022 and holes in the South Carolina defense are exposed. So the ceiling, nine and three, floor, four and eight. He's got Carolina at seven and five. Um, Jacob, to to the point of your question, I'll finish this up really quick. Kentucky, seven and five, three and five. Florida six and six, four and four. Vandy four and eight, one and seven, and Missouri four and eight, one and seven. That would be shocking if Mizzou went four and eight. Got LSU winning the West, eleven and one, seven and one. Alabama nine and three. Wow, six and two in the West. That is that's crazy to see. Texas A and M nine and three, five and three, with losses to Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU. Ole Miss eight and four, four and four. Arkansas eight and four, four and four. Auburn six and six, three and five. Mississippi State five and seven, one and seven. So Jacob, to the point of your question, you said seven and five for Carolina. A and M at nine and three. Am I missing something? Well, listen, I know A and M was terrible last year, but they got a lot of talent, Jacob. They got a lot of talent, right? So like, I, 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 maybe nine and three is aggressive, but Jacob, I, I could very well see A and M being an eight win team. Even nine. I mean, I think nine's realistic. Let me ask you this, though, Jacob, since you posed this question. Like, I'll, I'll answer with a question. What do you have more problem with, A&M being nine and three or Carolina being seven and five? Which of those two do you have more of a problem with? Again, I, I, I would love Jacob's response here. I'm just curious. I'm genuinely asking. Does it make, is it more confusing that A&M's at nine and three or Carolina's at seven and five? Because I'll just speak on the, okay, A&M for sure. Because I was going to say, I'll speak on the Carolina side of things. South Carolina could very well go seven and five, guys. I mean, seven and five is, I think, where you're going to see most people pick South Carolina, right? I I, I really do. I think where you're going to see most people pick the Gamecocks is seven and five because of the schedule, because of some of the question marks. Um... You know, I'll be surprised if you see many more below that at six and six, certainly below that. And I don't think many people are going to go out on a limb and say nine and three. But seven and five is probably going to be the most popular prediction for South Carolina this preseason. Um, you'll see some eight and four sprinkled in as well. You know, again, nine and three for AM. I know they were terrible last year, but I think AM is much, much, much better than we saw. Um, they're much better than we saw last year, in my opinion. I mean, it's just so. You know, I mean, they they were – that was a worst-case scenario type of season. That was a worst-case scenario type of season for for 
A&M last year. So, anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Big Game Boomer lists the big brother and little brother in every state. He lists the South Carolina Gamecocks as the big brother. Clemson as the little brother. Oh, buddy. That's 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 going, you know, Clemson fans, they just get it every day on social media, don't they? And they wonder why. They wonder why they get it every day. Because it's just too much damn fun. It's just too much damn fun watching them melt at every tweet, every little thing that's said. I mean, there cannot be a more sensitive group of bitches out there than Clemson fans. I mean, really, truly. Really, truly, bro. The 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 reactions from people on social media, it is insane, dude. It's insane. And it's hysterical. It's high-key funny. Like, why would I not throw out a F Clemson tweet every day? Why not? Why not? I don't know, man. Just insanely sensitive. Insanely sensitive. Oh, anyways. Anyways. It's all in good fun, too. That's the funny part. Like, I don't really hate anyone, necessarily. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a blast. It's truly a blast. Ruination says, can you imagine this fan base if we go five and seven? Ruination, listen, man. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when, not in regards to the record. I want to point that out. Not in regards to that record. But in regards to like the madness and the chaos and the pandemonium on social media that comes with every football season. Ruination, I also told you, by the way, and I'd warn you, here in the offseason, right, you're going to see a lot of slap dickery on social media because I think here's what happens, especially immediately after the season, right? Because this fan base is so passionate and so, like, the energy, like, we're just bursting at the seams, right? And that hits a peak during football season. That's why you see the day-in, day-out craziness, which I love. It's great for content. I mean, every piece of content ruination during football season does numbers. Every single one of them. Likes are up, as Luke RJ would like to say. So during football season, I mean, every comment that's made is being like, like, like publicized. It is being, I mean, it's, it's to the moon for sure. But what happens is when there's not football, well, all that pent up energy ruination, it's got to go somewhere. And I genuinely, genuinely believe that's why you see the slap dickery take place in the offseason. Because like this past weekend, for example, or just all throughout, there's nothing going on. Right? And these slap dicks, they need something to do. They, they got this pin-up energy. You know what I mean? They got to do something. Whether it be troll, whether it be make videos, whether it be whatever it is. People getting in fights on Twitter. I mean, I saw it this weekend. I did not partake. Saw people getting in fights on Twitter and stuff. Like, people just, some people cannot just chill, bro. Some people just can't chill. But, I mean, I love it. I love it. I'm not complaining because it's that, that passion and that craziness from some that that really fuels into 
that really fuels into like what what makes why I'm able to do it on a day in day out basis and why I'm able to do this for a living. But uh, Ruben Nation, it wouldn't matter if Carolina went twelve and zero, dude. It, it really wouldn't. Wouldn't matter if Carolina went twelve and zero. It's it's the craziness will never stop, dude. Even after Carolina wins, even after Carolina wins, and I am, I think people attack TSUS and attack me most when Carolina wins, and I am happy and saying positive things. It's like, oh, look, Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up show is happy. Let's do everything we can to attack that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, genuinely, genuinely Bruin Nation, which is is typically, though, how social media works, right? Miserable people go after happy people. That's how social media works. That's it. Happy people don't go after miserable people because miserable people have nothing – that they seek. I'm not envious of a, of a miserable person. I'm not. The only envious are those who are miserable who see happy people just kind of going through life, doing their thing, pursuing their passions, their dreams, putting in work, and doing great things and trying to be the best they can possibly be on a day-in, day-out basis. And that's why, that's why the loudest noise on social media is slap dickery. Because the only people who are loud are those who are miserable. Because... If you're a happy person and at peace, what do you need to say? You just simply live. You just simply live and keep your sights set on where you're going and what you're doing and your passions and the people around you who, who love you and you love them and you know your, your circle and you, you, don't, you don't entertain the nonsense. You don't entertain the foolishness. You don't entertain the slap dickery. That's, again, that's why... Social media is like, God, it's such a toxic place. It's so because it gives the miserable an opportunity to attack happy people. That's really genuinely how it boils down to it. That's what it boils down to. So, anyways, enough of a lesson on social media. Enough of a lesson on social media. It's all good. So, something that's uh, Matt Jones pointed out um something that matt jones pointed out and i don't know what you know we'll see we'll see i mean it's going to be kind of a roll with the punches thing but you guys know we're planning on doing the post-game call-in show right i also didn't think about this that shane beamer speaks in post-game i never really thought about that so would it be a better idea to wait until Beamer is finished in his post game? You know, I don't know. I, I, I tend, I'll say this. I tend to view it as no. I tend to view it as no. Because to be honest, man, most of the time it's just coach speak stuff anyways. Like, what are we really missing on if we don't tune into the post game presser? And also on the road, I don't think they stream those live. So, anyways, let's jump to the phone lines real quick. Justin. More discussion on that later. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? Good, good, How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's up? Hey, Chris, how was your Father's Day yesterday? My Father's Day was great. My dad had to work, but uh, we we gifted him a new grill. So, it was really, really good, man. We, we had a great oh, wow. time. I appreciate you asking. How was yours? Yeah. Mine was good. Um, yeah, my, my dad's not living, Chris. Um, 
I did some pictures of him, mm. but he's still not live. But right, yeah, Chris. Uh, but he always been with me, you know. That's true. That's true, Justin. That's true. That's very true, man. That's sweet. I'm 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 glad it was a good day for you either way, though. Yeah, I get my mom's. I get my mom's both a gift. I get um, calls and uh, and that was about it. Hmm. Nice. Yep. Yeah, Chris, it was fun. Um, hey, Chris, I, I wasn't happy yesterday about Florida beat um uh, Old Wobbles. I wasn't happy about that. Yeah, I think everybody in the world was pulling for Oral Roberts. That was a great baseball game. I thought Oral Roberts might have him there in the final inning, but uh, Florida hangs on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, just again, that was a great game. So, I, I uh, Florida was my pick to win it all, and they're one game away from the the national championship series. So, oh yeah, hey Chris, like you said, man, where you like Florida, they still go win, right, Chris? That's it. That's it, Justin. That's it. Yeah, because like you said, you can hate Florida, you can hate Edge, you can hate Tennessee, right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, we hate them all, man. Anybody who's not a Gamecock, we hate, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, what about LSU? Um, they beat Tennessee the other day. Yeah, they got Wake Forest tonight, man. That's going to be a great game. I know Tennessee's playing Stanford right now, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be great baseball tonight for sure. Yeah, hey, Chris, it's definitely what Tennessee with. You said what now? Who, who's winning right now? Tennessee I think it's nothing, nothing. I think it's nothing, nothing as far as I see. Oh, you, you got the TV on, huh, Chris? No, I, I don't have the TV on, but I do have Twitter. So, uh, actually, excuse me, it's 2 nothing yeah. Stanford. Okay, it's 2 nothing Stanford. So, Stanford oh, wow. is winning. Hey, Chris. I, oh, yeah. Hey, Chris, I like Stanford, too, because I've had Stanford baseball a long time. Yeah, have you? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, I love Stanford, Chris. They always had a good baseball team. I had no idea. Him. I had I no. Li- yeah. Yeah, because I gave me a lot of Stanford World College World Series. Hmm. Hmm. Chris, what year did Stanford win the College World Series? I can't remember. When's the last time? I I honestly don't know, my guy. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. Yeah, it's been a long time ago, huh, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris, say by Stanford, are they strong enough to be an SC team like a Florida or LSU? Um, are they good enough to be an SEC team? I mean, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I think they're a really good program. I, mean, I think they're a really, really good program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they strong enough to be a Florida or LSU in baseball? That's the thing about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think over the course of a season, I think Stanford would get somewhat exposed. But, I mean, I think they're a really, really good program. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised they could hold their own. Yeah, and Wake Forest, they're a good baseball team too, Chris. But they have, they have, they have shown off to be a two target tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Wake's really good. That pitcher they're going with tonight, he's one of the best in the country. But, you know, I, it's going to be a great baseball game, like I mentioned. It's going to be a, – it's, it's a shame almost that that's not the National Championship Series. But – uh yeah, no, it's 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 gonna be a lot of fun, Justin. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, so much competition, huh, Chris? A lot of competition. Yeah, the best of the best. Best of the best. Yeah, hey, Chris. Oh yeah, hey, Chris. If I got here, what's the status of Mark Kiss? Is he is he still going? It. What's the what now? 
What's the last on Mark Kingston? Is he going to take Miami, y'all? Is he going to stay put? No, he's going to stay put. No, I think Kingston is going to stay at South Carolina. I mean, they just hired a pitching coach today, so that'd be kind of a weird move to to dip out right after you just hired a pitching coach. I, I think Mark Kingston's here to stay, and um, you know, I mean, I, again, he earned his way back. I, you know, there's I have no problem with it. So, but no, I I don't think the Miami job is happening. I think Kingston is going to be in Columbia next year. Yeah, because he was just he just flew with Stockholm. He didn't see even Miami the other day, and this with David, right, Chris? Right, you're right, Justin. You're right. And and, and no big deal. He just no, we know he was this coach at Miami 2000, 2001, right? Chris? Yeah, it was early early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, but I know you said, but you know, probably just five for the best, right, Chris? Yeah, I think it's I think it's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's best for Carolina. So you you, you like the stability, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's all I said, man. Justin, you're the man. I appreciate it, man. Calling anytime. All right, thanks, man. Hey, yeah, Chris, let's hope they actually win the College World Series again. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Justin, appreciate it, man. Great stuff from our guy Justin. Uh, let's see, we got some suggestions. By the way, Bruin Nation says. Just allow voicemails until Beamer speaks and then turn them loose. Um, Jeff Gullage says, I would start with the calls and air the post-game presser if possible and then go back to the calls. But what I'm not going to do, Jeff, is I'm not going to start the call-in show, bring Beamer's presser on, and then continue the call-in show. I, I really don't want the call-in show to go more than, bro, an hour tops. I mean, I, I'd like 30 minutes, to be honest with you. Like, it's it's already going to – we're going to have been all day making – whatever, whatever. I, I just – I'd like the call-in show to be a quick, concise 30 minutes to an hour, um, depending on how many calls we're getting, if you will. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. Again, we'll figure that out. I mean, I, I to the point of Brendan, I, I just don't really recall, like, did they stream the post-game pressers? I've, like, that's the funny thing, guys. Like, I've never, and maybe, maybe it's because I was going to the games. I've never been someone that's watched the post-game pressers live really all that much. Like, believe it or not, doing what I do, I don't typically tune in the post-game presser live. Um, Brendan, they don't stream. I thought they streamed the post-game live. I'm almost positive they do. They don't stream it. I thought they did. Okay, well, if that's the case, I'm definitely not waiting then. My guy Matt Jones made me think it was streamed live. I could be wrong. I, I I don't know. Yeah, Matt Jones says, yeah, his post-game presser, watch it live like we did in the weekly press conference. Okay, well, if that's the... Okay, then maybe I'm wrong. I thought also the post-game was live. I could have been wrong. Okay. Lynn Turner says, we watched the post-game presser in the stadium. So, Driftwood says, if they're at home, it's live. If they're away, it's later. So, who's wrong here? Is Brennan M. wrong? Who's the slap dick? Who is the slap dick? No, I'm kidding. We'll make that adjustment either way. I mean, guys, I, I will probably say, though, <clears throat> I will probably say that no matter what, no matter what, we will probably just air our call-in show 10 minutes after the game ends, and I'll have Twitter up because obviously people are going to be tweeting the quotes. So, like, as the quotes roll in, Maybe we'll just kind of update some things, but I, I I don't know. Because I think it just throws a lot of confusion in there. If, like, 
All right, on home games, we're waiting after his post-game presser. Road games, we're not. It, I don't know. We'll, we'll cross the bridge when we get to it, but I, it, that's definitely something to figure out. But I just wonder how much – I mean, really, again, the point is to get to the calls, and I think the people who want to call in and rant don't give a shit about the post-game presser all that much, to be honest with you. I, it's just my take, my opinion. Y'all can y'all can disagree with me if, if you think I'm wrong, but uh, – Again, I think it's just a preference thing. I, I really do believe it's a preference thing. But again, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And Brendan M., you're getting cooked, my guy, because the postgame pressers for the home games, they are live. Brendan, tough birthday L, my guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brendan. I wish you and Stephanie Lee nothing but the best on your birthdays. Hey, we've hit three o'clock. Thank you all so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you all for rolling with the punches, too, by the way. I know today was kind of crazy with Mark Rogers moving back to 1.30 and what have you. But thank you all so much, as always, for rocking, rolling with the punches, rolling with us. So great to start this week off with you all and hang out and conversate and chat. The beauty is in the banter. The joy is in the journey. And we're enjoying every step of the way. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday. And we will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.